Well, once again, good morning, everyone. I want to welcome all those that are watching online. Lisa from Clearwater, the Nichols family from Pennsylvania, Gary and Deborah from Hudson. You, along with people all over the world, are watching right now, and we want to welcome you because you're part of our family. <clears throat> this is week two of a series that we've entitled Fake News. And what we're doing is we're dealing with important subjects that oftentimes we hear from the world just some real fake news. It's a big thing. Bad advice. The world has to offer is a bunch of lies, but the Word of God has to offer a whole bunch of truth. This is the truth. So we're going to look at the fake news that's out there, but we're also going to look at the good news of what the Word of God has to say in these different areas. Are you ready to get into God's Word today? Let's go. Father, we thank you for your word. It's alive. Anoint this word today to go deep into our heart and spirit. Let this word today bring healing. Let this word today bring hope. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give us ears, Father, and a mind that's receptive. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me start by asking, how many people are in here today are married? Raise your hand. You are married. Raise it up high. This isn't a time to be shy. It's very hurtful when you're married and you don't raise your hand high. All right. Okay, how many people in here are not married, but when the right person comes along, you're ready to get married? Raise it up high. Oh, don't look around at this one. I'll put your hand down. I see some guys both their hands looking around like this. All right. <clears throat> so now let me ask you, how many in here, whether you're married or one day plan on being married, it's in your heart one day to commit adultery? Okay, there was one person that accidentally raised their hand because this is what happens. It's really easy. Most of the raise your hands in church that the pastor says, they're all raise your hand type questions. Thank you that 99.9% .9 of you listen to that question very well because there's nothing more painful than for your wife or your husband to see you raise your hand to the adultery question. Okay, no, there is no one in here that plans on one day having an adulterous affair. In fact, 90%, 90% of everyone, including non-Christians, everyone, the whole world, 90% believe what Exodus chapter 20, verse 14 says, when it says, you shall not commit adultery. But listen to these stats, because this is a staggering number of people that this happens to. There was a, a study from the Journal of Psychology and Christianity that gives these stats. Up to 65% of husbands and up to 55% of wives will commit adultery. Let's all just say wow together, because I know you're feeling that, whoa. Um, it's, it's shocking. And really, the place you need to hear about this isn't from Cosmopolitan Magazine, is not from People Magazine, it's not from Us Magazine. What you need to hear about in this subject is the Holy Bible, because God has some amazing truths on how we can protect ourselves and the importance that we've set up guardrails to protect us from falling into this attack that the enemy is trying to do. What the enemy wants to do is destroy the foundation and the core of marriage. And if he could destroy marriage, he will destroy the church, he will destroy America, because that's the foundation and the core of who we are as believers. 
So I want you to know, as I go into this subject today, this isn't the easiest subject to talk about. I've not talked about this in 10 years as being a lead pastor, 11 years. Um, so if I get nervous and I say a joke, it's because I got nervous and I said a joke. It, it, it's um, nervous energy. But I want you to know going into this, there are people in this room right now that have been affected by adultery. They've been affected, maybe they've even been the one to do it. It's not my intent to cause guilt or condemnation upon you. Uh, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Jesus came to forgive us and heal us from all of our sins. It's not to cause fear. It's not to cause anxiety in your heart for those that have been hurt and wounded and devastated. But it's my heart to teach this subject to build marriages to be strong to be marriages that are gonna be so strong that there's no attack from the evil one that's gonna to come to steal, kill, and destroy us with the lies that he's gonna place upon us with our marriages. So how does this happen? How does this happen with believers? You think, I'm so happy in my marriage, but what can happen is over time, you can get kind of numb to one another. You can get kind of busy. You can be focused on work or other things, and maybe you see an image that you shouldn't have seen, and it stirs something inside of you. Maybe you start looking and say, you know, I was so happier earlier in our marriage. I'm just not as happy as I used to be. And you start looking and feeding into that lack of satisfaction that you're feeling. Maybe it starts small and you start just enjoying the attention or the company of someone else of the opposite sex. Maybe it could be an accidental brush as you're walking through an elevator with someone that you work with. It could start with someone saying, hey, I like your cologne. And the next thing you know, you're squirting on half the bottle the next day because it made you feel good about yourself. Maybe you begin to look and you see people that are somewhat attractive and all of a sudden they become very attractive to you. And the next thing you know, over time and over small baby steps, you've crossed the line that you should have never crossed because you allowed yourself to slowly get to the place of temptation. So the fake news today is gonna to be a lot shorter than the fake news of last week. It was very hard to do that for 10 minutes. But in your notes, there are three easy steps to commit adultery that I wanna show you through fake news how to do it. Number one, you wanna commit adultery? Neglect your marriage. Neglect your marriage. Find something in your life that is interesting to you, that's causing you to put all of your attention, all of your focus on, to get your eyes off of the importance of your marriage and building that marriage. It could be something innocent as your job or a hobby. You could get focused on social media and you begin to look at other people's lives and how much better their life is and they show all these things that so much of social media is fake news. It's not real. It's like a snapshot of all this joy, but behind it so often is really devastating hurt and pain. You could be focused so much on your kids that you lose the focus on your spouse. I want you to know this is something that happens especially with Christians, where they just want so desperately to raise their kids right. They spend all of their time with their kids, all these activities, you got recitals and you got fly football, and then you got tackle football, and you got baseball, and you got singing, you got all these things, and by the time you get together with your spouse, you're exhausted, and you don't have any time for each other. Let me tell you something from one that knows by experience. 
your kids are going to grow up. And your kids are going to leave home. Many of you are like, I wish that was the case of my 30-year-old child who's still living home. <laughs> my kids are grown. Let me tell you, and if I wouldn't have invested, Elaine and I, we would not have invested from the very first day we started dating into the importance of us building our marriage, building our friendship, building our love, then what would have happened when our kids were gone? If all of our investment would have been them, we would have had nothing between us. It's not by accident that you see people living and loving life in successful marriages. It takes work, it takes dedication, it takes trust, and it takes a resistance of temptations that are all around us. So for many people, they avoid intimacy with someone they've been married to a long time. They, there's a wall between us. We don't, don't talk like we used to. And then God forbid, one day you have to have sex with that person. Oh my goodness, what a terrible thing. It's so predictable, it's so boring. Pastor Glenn, I can't believe you're talking about this. Yes, I'm talking about this. Because it's an area the enemy wants to rob you and attack you and rob you in, our, in your marriage. The Bible says that we need to lie down with our spouse. Look up biblical meaning for lying down. It's not taking a nap. I must have got nervous there because that wasn't in my notes. Okay. <clears throat> Number two, you want to commit adultery? Enjoy common interests and form an emotional bond with someone else. And it's so easy to justify. Oh, but he understands me. He talks about the things that matter to me. She connects with me so well emotionally. She talks about how good looking I am. Oh, I, he tells me how pretty I am. And then what happens, you begin to anticipate time together. Maybe you begin to dress a little provocatively. Maybe guys, you walk through the hall, you see her, and next thing you know, you're sucking your gut in. And then you begin to make excuses on how to meet her in the hallway. You know, when she goes to get her water or whatever, and then you begin to flirt and talk, and it becomes inappropriate. And then the girls start doing this thing with their hair. Oh, thank you. A lot of the girls are like, if I ever do that, will you shoot me, honey? And then the next thing you know, you start texting. And you're like, I want to be modern. Let's DM each other. That's a direct message for those that don't know what a DM is. I didn't know until two weeks ago, what the heck is a DM? And then if you want to be really spiritual about it, just say, hey, God really put you on my heart. I'm praying for you. Let me just tell you something. If God put my wife on any of you guys' heart, you might as well take that off right now. I don't need you praying for my wife, okay guys? I got that covered, all right? So let's just get that straight. Honey, you got enough prayer coming from this side right here. But it's so easy to justify. You're like, it sounds funny coming from a stage, but yet so often, oh, but he prays with me. He feels a, a burden for my spirituality. And then what happens? It gets cloudy, and the next thing you know, you're falling into a place that you 
do not want to be because it's a place that will destroy your family, destroy your reputation, destroy your life. Number three, the last one, how to commit adultery. Make excuses and rationalize your actions. Blame your spouse. Oh, if she would only meet my needs, then I wouldn't have to be looking elsewhere. If he just made me happy and would say nice things and spend time with me, then I wouldn't have to look elsewhere. Remember the vows of commitment we made to one another. Remember the covenant vows. Covenant is the strongest word in Scripture. It means bound together with permanence. God did not want us to get married to one day cheat on our spouse and get divorced. God created marriage to last a lifetime, but it takes work. It takes effort. And it's so easy to rationalize. Oh, we're just having fun. It's not going to happen to me. I'm just joking around. It's just a joke. Ha <laughs> ha. It's not funny. And then we can even go, well, God wants me to be happy. God wants me to be happy, and this person makes me happy. Now, I want to make sure, make this clear. I'm not talking about people that are in an abusive relationship, an abusive marriage, whether it be sexually, physically. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about normal people, normal marriage, and things that we're going through. So what is the good news? I'm glad I'm done with the fake news. I'm gonna talk about the good news right now in your notes. This is what we need to do, to have healthy marriages, to protect ourselves, to put up guardrails, to do whatever it takes, number one, to radically reduce the risks. You know, other sins in scripture is classified different than sexual sin. We see it in scripture, it says to fight temptations, to battle temptations. But when it talks about sexual sin, it describes it as a sin against your own body. And that when a temptation for sexual sin comes, it doesn't say to battle it. It doesn't say to sit there and fight with it. It says flee from sexual temptations. So, so many people, they're like, oh, I'm going to battle it. Hi. Come No. You need to, right then, you feel a sexual temptation, run, forest, run, because you need to get out of that moment and to get out of what's happening right there. Proverbs chapter five, verse eight. This is the father talking to his son about the adulterous woman. It says, keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. A lot of these scriptures is talking about the adulterous woman, but it could be talking about the adulterous man. Believe me, it's both sides. So there's a line of sin, and it's being in the wrong place, not only emotionally, this is important. People, they think, oh, I'm all right. I haven't done it. I haven't done the act, so I'm okay. Listen, the line should be way over here because it says so clearly that sin starts in the mind, it moves to the heart, and then it moves into the physicality. Sin starts with your eyes. Matthew chapter five, verse 28, it says, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her heart in his heart. So I wanna ask you this. If your spouse had access to watch a video of you all day long, your interactions with coworkers, Maybe you're walking through the mall. I've seen it. 
It's so embarrassing watching some of these guys, married men, walking through the mall, and somebody walks by, and they're like, I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? You weirdo? Do you know how silly you look? But if your wife or your husband could watch your daily interactions, the things that you're texting, the things that you're watching on your computer, would they be pleased with what they're watching? Would they be pleased with how you are with your faithfulness to them? Some of you that aren't married, you're like, praise God, I'm off the hook today. No, you're not. And this is something that I lived when I was a teenager. I knew that I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted to have a family. From a very early age, I made a commitment that I'm going to honor my spouse even though I don't even know who she is. Why did I save myself into marriage? Why did I do that? Because I wanted to honor my spouse before I even met her. So for some of you, there's people that you're one day gonna, right now you're living your life of purity to honor them. Elaine and I both, that was our testimony to the young people for all these years. The world said, just do it, have fun, go for it. No, we lived a life to save ourselves for one another. That's our testimony. And because of that life, we have a trust that is uncommon. If we weren't even going to mess around with each other when we were crazy and loved, the hormones were shooting everywhere, then man, why would I mess up my life? Why would she mess up her life with some loser? that's coming on to her, or some loser coming on to me. So, I wanna give you some steps in your, in your notes. Let's look at some of these things that will help you to put up the guardrails to make your marriage strong. Number one, keep a growing relationship with Christ. Christ can't just be the center of your Sunday morning. Christ has to be the center of every area of your life. When you have a growing relationship mutually together, growing together, talking about the things of God, praying together, seeking after the Lord together, the foundation is gonna be so strong and it's gonna make the guardrails strong in your life. The next thing, never be alone with the wrong people. Oh, Pastor Glenn, now you're, you're going overboard. No, never be along with the wrong people. Don't travel with someone of the opposite sex. If that's your job and you have to do, get another job. Your marriage is worth it. But don't even put yourself in a position of being in the wrong place at the wrong time when you're weak, when you're going through a difficult time. And there you are because that's right when the enemy is going to give an opportunity for you to fall. We don't ride together. I, I don't ride together anywhere with Pastor Kelly. Ever. You'll never see me out to a lunch talking about the worship set with Pastor Elena. It's not appropriate. It's the wrong place. Even the appearance of evil is wrong. But why put myself in a position to cause other people to fall and think that's okay and also put myself in the position? Not gonna do it. Determine your heart. Next thing, never talk bad about your spouse. Build them up. Never talk bad about them. Nobody's ever gonna come and say, oh, Elaine, Glenn's talking bad about you again. If I have something to say to my wife, we're gonna talk about it. That's what you do in a healthy marriage. You talk and you communicate. But if I'm going to everyone else and telling them, oh, Elaine, there she goes, she's shopping again. 
Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. Oh, Elaine's nagging me. Well, what am I? Never will I do that. And God forbid put something on social media. Have you seen it? Where people will just ream out their spouse on social media. Never do that. Build each other up. Your spouse should be hearing how beautiful they are from you and not somebody else. How good looking they are. You know, she, Elaine goes, woo, you are a hunk. I'm like, really? Oh yeah. I'm like, hey. Every Sunday morning I go, hey, am I all right? Woo. I'm like, all right. That's who I want to hear it from. I want to hear from the most important person in my life. And you need to be saying that to the most important person in your life. Build each other up. Build each other up spiritually. Build each other up physically as well. Next thing in your notes, surround yourself with strong marriages. Friends, help build character around you. Who you are, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you're hanging out with these guys that just wanna go to the bars and they're talking about their spouse in a wrong way and they're talking about other women, get new friends then. A lot of you are like, Pastor Glenn, you are stirred up about this one. I am, because in ministry over 30-some years, I've seen this happen over and over and over. Even within ministry circles and pastors have walked through this, and I've seen the destruction that it can bring. It's important that we surround ourselves with godly, godly marriages. Next thing, avoid all inappropriate places and situations if you're on a business trip and all your friends are like, hey, let's go to the bar and let's talk to other women, don't go, stay home. Take a cold shower and go to bed. Don't private message other people, other women, other men that you're not married to. Don't accept messages on Facebook with the person you went to your senior prom with. Ex-girlfriend, oh, we're just friends now. You weren't friends then? And then all of a sudden this message comes in, hey, I just see you're just doing so good, you look great. Hey, by the way, I'm divorced now, hey, how you doing? It just opens up the door, and that's all the enemy wants. It's just one little inch, one little place he could get a foothold to destroy your marriage. So the second thing, do all that you can do to invest passionately in your marriage. One of my favorite verses in scripture, this section in Proverbs chapter five, I quote it to Elaine all the time. It's a, it's a beautiful scripture. <laughs> it's a good one, yeah. All right, you'll understand why I'm kind of joking with it right now. May your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth, a loving doe, a graceful deer, May her breast satisfy you always. Praise the Lord for the scripture. I'm sorry. I must have got nervous again. That wasn't in my notes either. Sorry. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife? Maybe you're looking and you're thinking the grass is greener on the other side. What I say to you is you need to get back on your side and water your grass. That's what you need to do. The word intoxicated in Hebrew, it comes from the word shagah. Shagah. It means to be ravished, 
captivated, enraptured, consumed. This June, we're celebrating 32 years of Shagah. <laughs> Elaine, Shagah. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I'm back with you guys again. So what do you do? How can you do this? How can you make your marriage stronger? Prioritize your time alone. Have that alone time. Have your date night. We've been having date night since we met and started dating. A lot of people, they date, they get married, and then it's just night. Every night's just a night. The date part leaves. You should constantly be pursuing your spouse, constantly in a place where you are spoiling them, taking them out, and you're spending quality time for no other reason but to have a date. We do this every Friday night. Some of you have seen us out to eat. Some of you have even paid for our meals out to eat on a Friday night. Thank you for that. There's times that we go awake every two or three weeks now. Our kids are grown. We love to be together. We enjoy each other. Isn't that refreshing? That's what we all want. We'll go to Punta Gorda. Everybody's like 90 years old, and we're hanging out with Punta Gorda people, eating at 4 o'clock, hanging out, sitting by the water, just enjoying each other. It's a priority. Get spiritual in your marriage. Join a group. Coming up, Pastor Dan and Andrea this summer are going to be starting a couples group. They're gonna be going through a book that's so good on the importance of building a lasting marriage and the things that you can do to build it. Focus, invest in these times. I encourage you to look for that. That's gonna be coming out. Coming up where she, he's gonna be signing people up. Your marriage is worth it. It's so worth the time. Something else that they're gonna be doing as a couple, they're gonna be taking other people in October to a thing called, it's a retreat, called Walk uh, Weekend. What's it called, a weekend to remember? I kinda, I've been on it twice, it's been great. A weekend to remember. I'll never forget, Elaine and I, we had been married seven years. We're at that point where we kinda let things come between us. That's what the enemy does, little small walls, little bricks, to the next thing you know, you're not communicating well. You're irritated with one another all the time. And all these things were happening where we just like kind of just put off with each other. We went to a weekend to remember. And one of the sessions, they said, husbands, you go to your own little area alone. Wives, you go to your little place alone. And what we want you to do is we want you to write down a list of all the things you love about her. All the th reasons why you fell in love with her. For her, write all the things you love about him. And then on the other side, write the things about her that really are bothering you. And I thought, oh, that's easy. I'll just say, oh, well, she's beautiful. You know, she's hot. I'll say it all. And then it started getting a little deeper. I love the way she prays. I love the way she loves people. I love how gracious she is. I mean, this list turned into 20, 30. Actually, I went up to 105 reasons why. I and I just ran out of time. And when I got to the other side where it says, well, think about the things that, really upset you. I'm like, wow. Oh. Well, she shops all the time. She doesn't like sports. Listen, every marriage has their things. Elaine and I, it sounds so perfect. We've had our own things. We're opposites in so many different ways. When I'm ready for a Gator game, I put it on. She goes, okay, I'll sit down with you. Let's watch it together. Five minutes later, she's gone. I said, hey, babe, they haven't even kicked off yet. She goes, I'm good. I'm good. Just let me know the end. I want to let you know the end. I want to watch it together. 
but I'll go with her shopping. It drives me crazy. How you could go into a place and spend an hour and a half flipping through like every single rack? What? <laughs> when, when we started having shopping online, I'm just like, click, click, click. I'm done shopping. And I don't even have to go and just fight the crowd. So when I go shopping with her, she's like, She's skipping it. She's so happy. And I want her to be happy. But immediately I go up to the person at the, the checkout and I said, where's the old man chair? I gotta have the old man chair. Oh, sir, your chair. A little bit insulting when I said the old man chair and she said, your chair. Your chair, right over there. And I went to my chair. And you know what? That was a deposit into her life. We need to stop withdrawing constantly from one another and begin to make deposits. If we're depositing more than we're withdrawing, we're gonna have an account and a bucket that gets fuller and fuller and fuller. What did you do when you were happy together? What were the things you did? Go back and do those things again. If it was going out, go out. If it was going to dinner, go to dinner. If it was just hanging out watching a movie and. Netflix and chilling, whatever that means. No, actually I know what that means, I'm sorry, I can't act like I don't. Then do that. But it takes focus and it takes work to have a loving, fulfilled marriage. Can you say amen to that? Number three, to visit, the thing we can do the most is to visualize the potential destruction. Visualize if you step into this area of sin, the absolute destruction that it can bring to every area of your life. Proverbs chapter five, starting in verse three, it says, for the lips of an adulteress drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps lead right to the grave. Never sacrifice what means the most for what looks good in the moment. Come against that. Think about what it could be to have a conversation with your kid who's 10 years old and say, listen, daddy can't live with you anymore, but I love you. I'm not gonna be able to see you anymore for a while, but I love you. Daddy's best friend turned into a little more than a best friend, but I love you. You know, I think of myself, what it could do to the body of Christ. I mean, it's by the grace of God that for Elaine and I that we've lived 32 years and we've not fallen to this area. We've not fallen into adultery or temptation this way. It's the grace of God. But we've built a love and a trust with one another as we've been faithful. But imagine if it did. It would break the heart of God. It would drag the body of Christ through another scandal, just what we need as a church is another scandal, the church. Beyond that, you gotta think about one day I'm gonna meet God face to face and I'm gonna give account for everything that I've done on this earth. I'm gonna lose my ministry, my reputation would be gone in a day. What I've worked so hard all these years would be gone in a day, let me tell you. I would lose Elaine's unconditional trust that I built over all these years that worked so hard to build. I would risk losing my family, the respect of my kids, absolutely destroying every area of my life for a moment, a moment of pleasure, a moment of weakness can destroy all of these things. I'm gonna give you a few stats as I'm closing today. 
I want you just to hear the stats. Some people, they think the grass is always greener. It's not. So here, what percent of people actually marry their forbidden lover? 3%. What percent of those marriages end in divorce? 75%. What are the odds of that 3% actually staying married and lasting is actually 0.075, not even 1% chance. So we can base our relationship on lies and deceit or we can base it on the truth of God's word and allow the truth and the good news of his word to be the very core of who we are. When you're weak, get into the word and get strong. Put on some worship music. Take a cold shower and go to bed. Whatever you need to do in a moment of weakness to get away from the temptation, flee, run. Run as fast as you can. Some of you, I can't run, I'm too old to run. Walk fast. Get on one of those Big tricycles, whatever you need to do, get away. And if you've been betrayed, listen, there's people in here that have been betrayed. Acknowledge the hurt, the emotional impact, the visual hurt, the physical pain, because it's physically exhausting and hurt and people get stuck in those moments. There's people that had this happen to them 15 years ago that are stuck and they're bitter and I want you to know, give your brokenness to God. God will restore you. God will restore the brokenness of your heart. He doesn't want you to carry that pain for the rest of your life. Give it to him. If this has happened to you, I want you to know I hurt with you as your pastor. My heart breaks for you. There's people in here who have lost their marriage. My heart grieves. God's heart grieves for you. But here's the good news as I close. So important, the last point in your notes. Even when we're unfaithful, God is faithful. Even when we're unfaithful, even when we've walked out of his will, God is still faithful when we give it to him. 2 Timothy chapter two, verse 13, it says, if we are faithless, God will remain faithful. This is an important marriage today. For some of you, this could save your marriage today, but it's important. If you've fallen, get back up. For some of you, they're like, this is the worst message I've ever heard in my life, and you're carrying condemnation. Get out of the condemnation, surrender to God, repent, turn, and allow his reconciliation and healing to come into your life. And I want you to know, adultery is grounds for divorce, but you know what it's also grounds for? It's grounds for forgiveness. And there are people that are in this place today right now that are walking through this. God has restored your marriage, has restored your trust. It's been a process. Maybe you've gone through counseling. Maybe you need to go through counseling. Do it. Your marriage is worth it. Your family is worth it. You're the example to your kids on what a marriage should look like, what healthy communication looks like. There's so much on the line, and the responsibility we have is so great. And God's grace is so great. His mercy is so great, but you've got to receive that. You've got to have healthy boundaries, healthy guardrails in your life. And for what the enemy wants to use for harm in you, it could be your strongest moment to stand against temptation and say, not today, Satan, because my boundaries are strong and I'm walking faithfully to my spouse in Jesus' name. Fake news. The fake news is everybody's doing it. Why worry? 
The good news is God's got the very best for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your kids. Surrender to him, and when you do, God will bless you in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your word today. Open our hearts for those, Father, that have just had issue in this area. Lord, as they repent and they come to you, draw them in. Bring them to that place of wholeness, restoration, and healing. Those that have been betrayed, Lord, heal every wound, every broken heart, I pray. As they surrender their heart to you in that brokenness, take it, heal it, restore it, and make it better than it's ever been before. We pray this in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're gonna dismiss. But before we do, maybe you're here today. When I talk about God being the center of your marriage, the center of your relationship, he's not even the center of your life. Today, you have the opportunity to receive the grace of God through salvation, to allow your sins to be forgiven, to allow the blood of Jesus to cover your sins, to bring hope and healing and restoration to you, to know what the enemy meant for harm in your life, God's gonna turn it around and bring life to you as you surrender to him. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Glenn, will you pray for me? I wanna give my life fully to Jesus Christ. I wanna walk in that grace and that forgiveness, and I wanna walk free. And whom the Son sets free, church, is free indeed. When I count to three, if that's you, will you just raise your hand? I'm not gonna embarrass you, I'm not gonna call you up, but look at me when you do, because when I see you, we, I want you to know you will be in my prayers today and this week as I lift you up before the Lord. If you wanna receive that healing and that forgiveness, when I count to three, raise your hand. One, two, three, hands are already going up. Yes, 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 I see your hand and yours. Coming across here, yes, 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 yes. Thank you, coming to the center, yes, I see your hand and yours and yours. Thank you, I see your hand over here and yours and yours and yours and yours and yours. Church, will you look up at me for just a second? Isn't that just like the Holy Spirit? Here we are, a day we're talking about adultery, but yet we just saw 25 people give their lives to Jesus Christ for salvation. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That's the Holy Spirit that draws us. Can we all pray together? Will you repeat this prayer after me as I pray? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your grace your mercy, and your forgiveness. Today, I repent of my sins. I pray the blood of Jesus would cover my sins and set me free. Today, Lord, I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, my God, and my very best friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I love you enough to talk about some uncomfortable things, but I think it's good that we talk about these things. God bless you. Love you so much. Thank you, Pastor Glenn. Would you stand to receive your blessing? This Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. We are all invited to participate with the community and pray uh, this Thursday, May the 6th, at Calvary Church at 7 o'clock wanted to let you know about that. It's important to pray. So to receive your blessing now, you can raise your hands or turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving, those of you at home and those of you here. May the Lord bless every marriage in this place, every marriage to those watching. May the Lord bless your families, your friendships, 
May the Lord bless every single mom, every single dad, everyone who is content to love you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and we'll see you Worship Wednesday.